Hey, Sam. Hi, Teresa. What's up? Not much. Just started school again. We're back in New York City after a hectic and wonderful week in Iceland and then uh, less hectic but equally wonderful two days in Boston. How are you? Yeah, I mean, long time no see. Um, Last time I saw Sam, we were climbing um, glaciers in Iceland. Um, You know, the two virgins. Yes, we were in Iceland. (laughs) We saw many fans um, along the way, our (laughs) Icelandic (laughs) listeners. Um, Yeah, we had some competition, namely Bjork. But, um, you know, we were still quite noticeable um, in in the great country of Iceland. So, you know, it was fun being like a celebrity for a little bit. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> we do have a great show today, though. We're excited to welcome the rapper Safu onto our program. And we are going to be interviewing him over a bottle of Sprite. Great. Let's get into it. So today we have chosen, we've gone with a brand, which is rare, but we've gone with an iconic brand, Sprite, the lemon lime citrusy soda. I think everyone's had Sprite. So this is one of the few drinks where we're all on like a level playing field. We all understand what Sprite is. I I don't even know if I need to qualify Sprite very much. I guess McDonald's Sprite is one end of the spectrum and then like bottled Sprite is the other end. So we're definitely going for the safest bet. And I would give Sprite a six out of 10. Mm-hmm. I hear you, Sam. I hear you. Um, I don't really like Sprite. I don't really like Sprite. Um, it kind of like just feels like like ginger ale, but worse. Um, I would never drink it or really crave it um just has never really appealed to me so three out of ten for sprite and i really don't understand why it's so popular to be honest because it's like one of those drinks where before you can drink colas before it's like healthy to drink colas or whatever i feel like sprite's the best option um however moving beyond sprite which we can both agree is okay um, we are going to introduce our guest today who makes incredible music. Today, we are going to be joined by the rapper Sefu, um, who is currently a student and last year dropped two projects, The Sword Drew Blood and Stars Are Born in Paris. They're both incredible. And we will be joined by our friend and friend of the podcast, Malachi Jones, to talk with him um, as kind of an intro to his music um i would start with the stars are born in paris um he he's rapping over a lot of soul samples he's a beautiful voice and really talks about a lot of themes that can resonate with pretty much anyone and then the sword drew blood is much more experimental borrowing a bit from like 808 Sarah Kanye longer songs but both projects are absolutely incredible and we're excited to dive in to both of them with him today great should we call him up right now yes let us call him up hey yo what's good can y'all hear me 
Yeah, yeah. Hello. Yo. Hello. What's up? Hey, yo, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. Of course. Uh, Malachi introduced all of us to your music. So uh, we just wanted to talk to you about like both of the albums you put out last year and your journey through music, if that's cool. But let's do it. Um, so maybe first, just for background, like when did you start recording and what got you into music? I was like well no okay this is the first interview where i'm actually gonna take it like all the way all the way back so like my brother he he's been making music and he's my brother's like nine eight seven years old and so when he was making music it was like the era of like odd future and like tyler and alden just doing wild stuff and like rapping about wild shit and so me seeing that as like a he was probably about 16. I was like seven or eight around that age. Just seeing that being like, what the fuck? I'm not supposed to be listening or hearing this or looking like what the fuck is going on as a sheltered, like Christianized, like, you know, little kid. So I saw that and I was like, oh, you can actually do stuff like this. Like people actually live like this and just do wild shit and like just go crazy. So that was my first like exposure to it. And I started like recording music with him, like just on some like, oh, this is my little brother. I gotta let him do what I do, or he's gonna tell me. So I was recording music when I was like eight, like nine. And of course it wasn't that good, but it was just because I liked the whole process of shit. And I knew how everything worked. It was just, cause I was a smart kid. So I, I knew like how everything worked and he would show me like plugins and like how to make beats and blah, blah, blah. But I was never like, bro when you're eight you haven't lived through shit so like really i was like i have nothing to rap about bro let me chill so then i took like a big ass break from then till i would say like freshman year of high school and then that's when i was like actually recording like to put stuff out so i would say that's when i started recording but putting stuff out was a whole nother process so yeah that's when i started recording Kind of like going off of that, like, what would you say is like your relationship with production? Like, have you always primarily self-produced? And like, if so, like, how did you learn that? Self-produced? Nah, bro. And I'll tell you because I just didn't, I'd only, my brother made a specific type of beats and I was always like, I, these are hard, but that's not what I want to rap on. So when I, when I started to hear shit like, like, I guess the easiest comparison is, like, Earl. When I started to hear, like, shit like, uh, but just anything that he's releasing, like, the beats that it was over, I was like, see, this is kind of what I want to do, but it's still pretty much basic boom bap, like, shit. And then the real reason why I actually started making beats and started, like, getting into the niche, like, shit that I'm in now was because of, um... It was because of El Toro Combo Mill with Earl and Mobby. And when I heard that beat, I was like, bro, this is the type of shit that I want to make. I just didn't know that niggas was doing this. So then I started listening to Mobby and I was like, it was just finding a lot of similarities. I mean, like, oh, he goes to Howard too. Oh, he makes this type of music. He raps over these type of beats. So then I started listening to, you know, Earl type beats, Mavi type beats, just to practice. So at first I wasn't really self-producing. I, I, was, I wasn't trying to release music. I was just trying to practice rap. So I was just listening to type beats a lot. And then 
I would say like a year or two after that is when I actually started making my own beats. But that was that was like a whole nother process. It seems like once I know I want to do something, I just think about how I'm going to do it. But actually doing it is not the part that takes the the longest amount of time, if you know what I mean. It's just about me being like, okay, I see, I hear this song. But I need to like figure out how I can like put my own spin on that shit while still keeping the same principles from it. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where the self-producing thing came from. Just being inspired, but still having creative control. Um, yeah, that totally makes sense. And I feel like the production on um the sword drew blood is like very different from some of the stuff that you did before in that album in general seemed like a step in a very new direction for you um could you kind of talk about what how you feel like you are evolving your sound and what drew you to the sounds on the sword drew blood um evolving was i would say not being as scared anymore, like not feeling like I have to grow a fan base, like not feeling like I have to like put something out there that like I know will be received, however, like that I know that people will like or be like, oh, I know something exactly like this or oh, this kind of sounds like this song, so I like it. Or this has the same vibe as this person, so I'm listening to you. But I didn't, I would appreciate it. Like, thank you for telling me I sound like whoever for the thousandth time, but it was just kind of the album that I was like, I don't know. I, I wouldn't even say that I wanted to be different because everybody is different. So it's not really about wanting to be different. It's just about not being scared or or like not worrying about how it will be received as long as you like it. So I feel like that's the step I'm taking as far as like music, just not, not caring in the right way, if that makes sense. But I'll tell you the the main influence was obvious. Well, to me, it's obvious, but Kanye kind of like 808s and heartbreaks. So I feel like I still executed that while still having themes and motifs and metaphors that relate to like shit that Kanye would never really go in depth about. Like he might say, oh, this girl broke my heart, but he would never, he would never like explore like actual deep, like, themes unless you're just reaching and you're a stand but you know what i mean so well sam sam is definitely a stand in this conversation when it comes to kanye but um i'm glad you said that because i felt the exact same way listening to the project i really got 808 vibes so i'm glad i'm not off on that but you know you're definitely in your own lane um as far as like caring about i guess your own music like how is it you're in school right now right yep so like just how's that going just as far out of as class? <laughs> like how do you balance that, I guess, really? Mm. Okay, well, I came I came to I won't even just say school, but I came to Howard specifically because of uh I guess to be politically correct or like whatever for networking. But it was really just to like be in a bigger city than Houston and just have more like art shit going on, honestly. No, the degree, I mean, sure, it'll probably come in handy or like, it'll be like cool to like say, yeah, I graduated from Howard University and like 
just going through the whole college experience here is going to be like great. But as far as balance, uh, if I'm being completely honest, I would say like school is so easy. Like my major is so easy and the classes are like, like so underfunded and so like ridiculously I'm not learning shit that I'm just like, my main job here is really like art. Like I can really do what I want and still get everything I need to get done. And it's like, yeah, it's unfortunate that I'm not really learning, but on the flip side of the coin, I'm learning so much every day about like my art and not even my art, like just being around people that are like talented and gifted in ways that you would be like, how, how the fuck do you know how to do this? So, because me and Howard, you can be like, uh, I want to make a movie. And it's going to be like a filmmaker, like a film major person that has to do a final. That's like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to do a movie. Like, so, you know what I mean? So everything's like any idea you can execute here. At least that's how I feel. So, but as far as balance, I'll tell you, it, mm, it'll be like this. I wake up, I go, I go to class. I eat, I work on some music, I work on like a drawing, I work on something art-wise, whether it's for one of my classes or just for me, I'll go to my last class. And then the rest of my day is literally just usually me. Well, I wouldn't say the rest of my day, but I would say I spend four or five hours on daily average just um, doing my art shit which I feel like is a privilege, honestly. But at the same time, it's not. Because the reason why is because my educate, my college is kind of like ass. So, yeah. No, I mean, that's pretty sick. I admire that. I mean, it takes a lot of like discipline regardless, I think, to just, I don't know, go after your passion regardless, like finding the time at all. So four to five hours each day is pretty, yeah. pretty admirable. Yeah, and it's it's not even like a... I need to sit here and do this for four hours. It's really just like a, damn, I have to go eat. So I'm getting up. But it's not like a, it's really not like a forced thing at all. It's really like, it really would be longer if I didn't like have a life, honestly. Like if all I was doing was school and just like working on my art, it would, I would, it would be way more time because I would just sit there. But I have like friends and obligations and shit I want to go to and, you know, stuff like that. So but yeah it's really it's really linear honestly like especially coming from high school doing all these ap classes and shit then you come to a school where it's like man we're not really taking other shit serious so you kind of just feel like damn now i finally have time to breathe and like do what i want to do so well zooming out from uh dc for a moment um like you said you're from you're from houston so i just want to know like what inspired you coming out of that like culturally rich city yeah. honestly uh honestly my mindset in regards to houston is like bro houston's always going to be there like all your family's always going to be in houston like you know that's your home base so i'm never really like oh i'm leaving the i'm leaving it's always just more so like a i'm there everything was except physically uh but no, I love Houston. I just I just went there for break and just like saw people and recentered and I was just like, damn, Houston is an actual nice city. But like I said, what made me wanna leave was just well one, to get outside of my comfort zone because like Houston's a big city, 
but it's a it's a comfort based city like it's not really no like edge to it unless you just in the hood for no reason but it's not really no like like it's really a leisurely like easygoing type city but i wanted to put myself in a city where it was gonna like make or break me because i knew it wasn't gonna break me so i was like let me just like put myself in a pool of one like more people two like people who not gonna like coddle you and like who are actually gonna shape you like character wise and like experience wise not saying like oh, i'm trying to put myself in fucked up situations to be better but just in a like naturally that's what happens so like I knew like just staying home and kind of like taking it easy and just, you know, college round, blah, blah, blah. It was like, nah, bro, I'm trying to like grow. I'm trying to see shit, do shit, meet people, learn different stuff. Maybe my life will take a completely different. Like it was just kind of like a, uh, like I just wanted something different and I wanted to grow, honestly. And being, being at HBCU is like, you know, it was almost like a no brainer. Cause it's like, I get to be in this big ass city but at the same time, I get to be at like the, the HBCU. It would be the same if I was going to like Texas Southern University, but I get to be in DC, so why not? So yeah, uh, it's definitely super important. Um, me and Sam are both from Chicago, and both decided to like not stay there. Yeah, we love Chicago. Um, we also wanted to ask about um, other things that seem to be inspirations. We noticed that the theme of like athletes goes all throughout like stars are born in Paris. And we were wondering, like, could you talk about what that means like to the project? Yeah. So athletic activities. Well, whenever I was growing up, I was like one of those kids where like their parents put them in everything. And like, I was, damn, this shit finna sound like I'm just flexing like shit, but I was like naturally gifted at like most of the sports my parents put me in. So it was kind of like a, I was just talking about this. It was kind of like a, I was always good at just doing what I was told. Like very good at it. Like good boy type, type shit. Like I was always good at just like seeing something, being told to do something and perfectly just like, and I say that because like my whole life I was doing sports not because I really wanted to, but just because I was like good. And it was kind of like, this is what I've always done. So it was kind of like, like freshman year when I said I started recording music for real, I was still hooping, like I was still running track. I was still deciding if I was gonna keep playing football, like shit like that. I'm just like, how much, how much of my life do I wanna dedicate to something that I actually like don't really give a fuck about? Um, I'm just glad I was able to make that decision when I did like getting to high school and not finishing high school and being like, damn, what the fuck am I going to do? So um, the reason why I still keep it in my music is because I still like, like I still watch sports and I still play sports. It just doesn't like, it doesn't have that grip on my life, that negative grip that it once did. But I still feel like it's important to like, to like have it in my music because that was my whole life for a certain point. Like it was literally wake up, practice at five, you know, high school, school day, the period you got practice. And then after school, you got practice. And then I'm going to work and I'm coming home. No time for anything art-wise, just going to sleep, redoing that shit. So 
living living through those days where it was just like, damn, my life's on a schedule. And like, it's this grown ass man yelling at me, telling me to do orders, and I'm just doing this shit. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? So that's when I would say I started being more like living for myself and being an individual and making art. And I'm just glad I made that decision when I did. Because like I said, who knows what I would be doing right now if I don't make that decision. I would probably be like, Run, running track for Howard and not making no music. You know what I mean? So that's why I keep yeah, it in my no, music, though. Totally. Yeah, that makes sense. And I kind of like had a similar experience like up until high school. I was a like tennis player and I was just always like either at tennis or at school. Um, yeah. And so that that cool about Arthur Ashe, like really like spoke yeah. to me on uh stars are born in paris and i was wondering like i guess i saw like the quotes is kind of now with what you're saying is like a bridge between like the athlete and the kind of art you make now like do you mm. kind of use how do you how do you feel like those two bridge together i feel like i feel like First thing that comes to my head, a reason like why it's a bridge of any sort is because it's bridging me now to like me four years ago. And second, because well, just I say that just like mind mindset-wise. Like when I rap about some shit like like on uh the outro of Stars and Morning Prayers, when I say hooping and track and now I see was distractions, I was often ashamed of my blackness, but not no more. It's like that me that's me reflecting on that shit four years ago and being like bro that shit was really just distracting like who knows where you would be art wise if you wasn't like but at the same time it's still important in my music and i still reference sports a lot and i still bridge it like you say because without those experience i would not be rapping how i'm rapping like i would not have the the confidence i would not be able to i would not be able to work in a team i would not be able to like have a job do it i'm told like it's just so much that that comes like it builds you in sports for like adulthood that you don't realize while you're like like damn why am i brainwashed to this sport but you don't realize is it's helping you too so i say that's the reason for like the me bridging the gap often because it's like that shit is still a part of me because like this like i said that was four years ago when i made the decision and i'm i'm only 19 so that was like my whole life so Yep. No, that's very interesting. I like I I think the candidness of your writing as well really kind of communicates that across sometimes. And um, as like talking about the project as a whole, the sword drew blood. You know, it seems like a lot of it's centered around betrayal, like a reflecting on times that things have I don't know gone wrong. I was wondering, yeah. like, was this a theme you consciously chose, or is that just how like? The project came about and it started to like show itself or reveal itself sword and also are you the sword like are you the sword as well like is there two meanings with the sword yeah so so sefu in swahili actually means sword or sharp as a sword so like the whole like name is really sword so saying the sword you blood the actual title like because we can really get into the sword you blood because you know Niggas love Stars and Warner Pairs, but no, I don't feel like people actually understand what the Sword of Blood is. So basically the, the title, the meaning is just like this like the Sword of Blood. Like you finna feel 
some type of way when you listen to this album. It's going to be abrasive, chaotic, hurtful, this, this, all these negative things. But ultimately, it's just going to be like an abstract expression, just like, uh, that sounds disgusting, but thrown up on this wall and you just have to analyze it and like be like, hmm. Because, you know, some people who aren't ready to listen to it are going to be like, what the fuck? But somebody who's like, who who can, this sounds cliche, but somebody who can relate or can like, be like, why does this song sound like how I'm feeling? Whether it's like Chris's composition, or it's literally just keys, random abstract, like freestyling, we just sit there, him playing the piano, or or if it's boxing, and the, the first line is, well, the first, the first line of the sample is, you're my sorrow, and then it's me saying, you don't understand. Where it's like, damn, we starting off like this? You know what I mean? Or like ending off with a, with skip stones it just leaves shit up in the air and you're just kind of like so so did he get like so did what you know it's like a story and you're changing you're changing like my my stepbrother said this he says like you're watching a movie or a tv show and every time you hear the or the distortion that i purposely put at the end it's like you're that part of the tape is like fucked up and corrupted. So you're like, damn, I got, I kind of got to infer what happened right here. I kind of know because the song and like the scene, but damn, now I, we, we thrown into this song. But after boxing, you're thrown directly into Martyr. And so you kind of can't really be like, okay, fuck it. We, Chris already rapping. So I got to listen to what he's saying. And it's kind of like a representation of like, bro, life moves on. Life is like a rhythm. Like, I don't know if, I'm pretty sure y'all are, because y'all are probably smarter than me, but the Mandelbrot effect, the Mandelbrot effect, when I was looking at that shit, I was like, damn, life is really on a pattern. It's really on a, like, breath. Like, it's all on a rhythm. Everything's, like, all one thing. So I kind of wanted to make, like, the sword drew blood cohesive as possible, but at the same time, as random and, like, Unex, um, like unexpected, and like, you know, as real life is. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? No, I think I think that was. Oh yeah, no, I guess I think that was pretty cogent. Honestly, that that validates a lot of my feelings when listening to this album. So that's sick. I think you did a yeah. great job communicating that. Yeah, it's it's meant to be abrasive and in your face and make you be like, "What the fuck?" The first time. But I feel like, I don't know. I really, I really love this album. And I was telling uh, one, of, one of the other people that interviewed me about it that I feel like this is going to be kind of like how Nissan is in my discography, where it's like, yeah, Stars Born in Paris is great. But did y'all hear Nissan? Like, like I feel like this is going to be the one where it's kind of like, whenever I do reach a certain point, people are going to go back and listen to this and be like, one, damn, this sounds like a, a breakthrough of some sort. Or two, like, damn, we really slept. Like, I I, I feel like, actually, I don't know. Stars and Morning Pairs are pretty great. But I was working on them at the same time, which is why I was saying to the other interviewer dude that they're kind of like, both snapshots of the same time in my life but from like different angles like 
one can be from a like triumphant, like confidently rapid shotness, and then the other one is gonna be like a from it from this angle looking up, like I mean from this angle looking down, where it's like, damn, like reflective, kind of like you know what I mean? Both albums have both of that to them, and they're both about the same like time in my life, which is why I don't really like comparing them just because I know I was working at them both on the same time, but you know, they came out different times, so people are gonna compare. No, I mean, they sound, like, all of your music just sounds like, um, it just sounds like you have a vision behind everything that you do, which I really love. Um, I think we are running out of time, though, and a couple more questions. First, um, just what are you, what should we expect from you for the rest of the year? Are you just chilling for a while? Are you going to do any shows? Uh, What are you going to be up to? Uh, Show-wise, I've been blessed enough to do, like, a show, like, every other week type shit, which is crazy, which is one of the reasons why I was saying I wanted to come to DC and Howard and shit. Because uh, opportunities just been falling in my lap. But yeah, show wise, mostly be in DC. The 28th, I'm supposed to be going to New York, but the ball's in my court. I don't know if I feel like doing that. But yeah, show wise, that's that. And then project wise, or just anything art wise, I will say I'm trying to be more focused on clothes this year uh but i will also say i'm working on something right now but it really has no like like i'm not looking to to drop it on any specific date just because like i gotta get verses from other people and money shit just stuff like that you know so i'll say i'll say don't expect nothing but don't be like surprised if some shit comes out because that just means i got my shit together in time to release before the end of this year but yeah that's what you can really expect from me just close shit having shows performing performing the classics live you know what i'm saying throwing in a little unreleased here and there but yeah just centering myself and having fun with what i'm doing honestly that's what you can that's what you can really expect um yeah i think that those are all the questions that we had thank you so much for coming on um you know despite (laughs) having glass beforehand thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of two virgins we hope you enjoyed getting to know sefu and check out his album the sword drew blood you can find this episode on our website, quarantinecontent.com, or on our weekly newsletter, The Q. See you next week.